listeners, creepers out there. Thanks for listening. This is, of course, that's odd. I am one of your hosts. I am John A. Townsend. I am joined by my compadre in crime, Christopher Chavez. There's me. Yeah, that's coming that's back. That's him. That's coming back. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> Aaron's gonna Aaron's gonna cringe when she hears it. <laughs> Is it not her favorite thing? <laughs> oh God. I think I stopped doing it because she was like, Yeah, seriously, please stop that. <laughs> it's always funny when uh when there's a couple and it's happened to me with pretty much any relationship I'm in. Uh I always uh if I do something that I think's really goofy and stupid <laughs> and then she hates it, it just makes me want to do it more. All the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's weird because you would think when it comes to people like that who are into comedy or who are looking for reactions, a lot of the times we're looking for the positive. Like we tell a yeah. good joke, we get the laugh, we know we're going to tell that joke again in different company. Uh, if we get a groan, we're not repeating that shit. But for some reason, when it has to do with a significant other or the person that you're with and you find out it annoys them, you just want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my... Uh... Uh, one of my very close friends, uh, he got married to this to this girl who I was also very close friends with. We all grew up together, right? And uh, but she's very um, she's she's a very awesome person. So I'm not putting her down when I say this, but she's very uh, how am I trying to uh, she like you don't want to curse around her or anything like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to say here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, she's very reserved. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but but we always she's part of our board game group when we play board games. I know I'm very cool. Sorry, and uh, <laughs> so whenever we play a party board game and like I could write answers and I could make stuff up and I knew she was going to be the one who had to read it, <laughs> I would always find a way. I would to make always her find say a- things. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. I can't count the times I've made her say penis. It's what, been a lot. What's her What's her reaction during that? Is she reading it and then she gets there and she's like, ah, and stops and is like, Are you serious? Sometimes, sometimes she just turns red. Uh, <laughs> just any of that stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. And I purely do it just because I know she hates it. It's so funny. So I dude. think I'm a bad person is what I'm trying to say. Somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Um Real quick, let me throw this out there. This is creepy, so this kind of falls in within that side and, and, and you know, history creeps and stuff. Have you seen the new Twilight Zone from Jordan Peele? No, I mean to. I think like a couple episodes are actually on YouTube, full episodes. Uh, I need to watch them. I want to. I saw good things about them. So I watched the very first episode the other day. So we were just talking about, you know, making jokes and kind of that whole comedian aspect. You tell jokes because you want people to laugh. You don't usually tell jokes because you know it's going to annoy them. Um, The very first episode of that has to do with a comedian. It's really good. It's got, uh, what's his name? Kamal. Uh, Kamal. Kamal Nujani. Or however you say his last name. He's awesome. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, but the idea behind it is that there's this comedian that he wants to tell jokes that are socially uh, aware, that make people think, uh, and everybody's completely bored with it, right? Uh, so one of these nights after his set, he goes to the bar, and sitting next to him is is uh, Tracy Morgan, who plays this kind of comedian who's got uh, – um, you know, he's considered a legend type of a deal. And so Kamel yeah. is like talking to him saying, you know, is there anything you could tell me, any kind of advice? And, and Tracy tells him, you know, that what you should do is you need to open yourself up to them. Be personal, tell personal stories, tell things that happen in your life. But he warns him. He says, just know that once you do that, it no longer exists for you. This is now their story. It, be, it belongs to them. 
um, which sets off this this whole thing with comedians and the, the idea of that it just came to me because we were talking about comedy and just you know telling these kinds of jokes or doing these things that bring us kind of a lot of joy but the other person not so much uh, it just kind of reminded me of that so I wanted to throw it out there if you've not seen it yet you've not checked out the new Twilight Zone at least the very first episode if that's uh, a representation of what we have to come for the rest of the series I am so in dude it's so good and they do the old school thing where like for the first five minutes, ten minutes, you see the intro to the show, and then there's this like little side thing where, not Rod Serling, now it's Jordan Peele. He kind of introduces you to the story and the character, right. what's happening, and welcome to the Twilight Zone. So good. Yeah, yeah, and apparently they have a lot of big names uh, playing parts this season too. Dude, immediate. Well, I knew Ku- yeah. I, I knew Kumail. Uh, from yeah, I, I did too. I've, I've known him, but to see Tracy Morgan show up through me, I was like, "Oh, okay, we're really getting bigger, like big names on this thing. It's not just kind of, you know, lesser known actors or something. This looks good." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's gotten pretty great reviews. Uh, also, just to throw this in, since we're talking about creepy shows and stuff, uh, uh, the new trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog dropped, and <laughs> I can't think of anything creepier. <laughs> Then a live action Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so I have not seen it yet, but I saw a headline, and the creepy I, that they were referring to was the fact that he's got teeth, or he's got weird yes. looking teeth. He's got human teeth. Ugh. Yeah. Is he like one of those? Have you seen these weird dolls online where they're like these little like sock dolls with like the googly eyes, but they use real teeth for the mouth? Have you seen these? No. Things? No, but I don't want to see those. This My sounds God. awful. These are absolutely creepy. I'm going to send you one in Messenger no, do later. No, do that. <laughs> and I if will we're also... friends, you'll never do that. <laughs> if... I will also post it on History Creeps for our friend, uh, our, our creepers to check out. It is so uh, you scary. can do that because I can avoid that, but don't send it to me. Oh, you're gonna get it as a text, my friend. <laughs> and I'm gonna laugh because to me, that's the comedy behind it. Whereas you're gonna be like, yeah. ugh. I'm going to be like, this friendship's over. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> no, but this podcast is That's Odd. Welcome. It is. Welcome to That's Odd. We are talking Are we, about... are we starting over? <laughs> we're, no, we're doing, over. we're just getting into it, man. We're going to let the, we're going to get into what these people are here to listen to. They don't want to, they don't care what we think about trailers or TV shows or any of this other nonsense. They don't, they don't they, care what we think in general, I would assume. Not at all. They want to hear mean, weird, odd creepy stories anything that we found that we want to talk to them about basically yes i agree with you uh you want me to go first i can go first yeah for sure well we, what they are not going to get today is they're not going to get it that's odd uh th- now that's odd we don't have any current that's odd weird odd stories for the week we're going straight into our subjects and it's not even themed this week johnny you're doing something different than what i'm doing what are you doing uh, yeah before we get into that real quick uh Go to our Facebook page or our Instagram. Just look up History Creeps on either of those, and join our community. And if you see little odd stories or something, yes. uh, share them with us. Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah, and, maybe, and maybe we'll use it on a show sometime. Uh, so you know, please feel free to do that. Or we'll read uh, it and think, "Yo, we should use this in the future," and then completely forget when we record. Yeah, because we do that often. That's <laughs> that's our that's our main calling card. Is that uh, so? I was trying to think what what could a great interesting subject be. We've we've sort of dabbled in the area of haunted highways Ooh. a little bit, like you know haunted bridges Ooh. or 
or the white lady, you know, who <sighs> walks around in where uh, many areas have a white lady who walks the roads. Well, you know, when you die and you cross over, that's that's the garb, right? Like that's part of the yeah. outfit. You have to wear white. So all women are wearing white gowns. That's why there's always a lady in white. Seems to be. You're, that's probably a good point. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, what's the most one of the most famous highways in America, Chris? I would say Route 66. Correct, sir. Ooh. You are correct. I don't know that it's still popular, but I know pop culture-wise, that's the popular route. Yeah, I don't think it's the most traveled anymore currently. I would assume uh, Interstate 40 that goes across the United States probably gets used more than Route 66 now. Uh, I don't know that for sure. I'm just assuming so. This is Johnny uh, Facts. Yeah, that's a Johnny fact, that's, which is a fact that Johnny makes up uh, that may or may not be true. But he just feels it's true, so he says it. And don't that's look why it I'd up. Be a great, no, I'll never look it up. That's why I'll be a great politician, Chris. <laughs> I'll say things as facts and never look up to see if they are indeed facts. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Route 66 is obviously, especially just in the history of America, is very, very famous. Uh, I, one of the things I love to do is uh, there's a there's a guy on YouTube, Adam the Woo is his name. He's got a YouTube channel, and he traveled at one point. He traveled across Route 66, and each day he documented uh, all the stuff he saw as he was going across Route 66. And it's very interesting and fascinating. And in doing so, you could see a lot of these places that's on this list I'm about to discuss Ooh. that that were. Uh, very creepy and odd and oh. strange. I mean, everything from uh, strange glowing lights, Chris, to, of course, really haunted areas, wow. to um, to a hotel that is a clown hotel. Okay, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't know if I, I may have mentioned this before, but uh, years ago, I'm talking almost 10 years ago, my wife and I, oh, a little over 10 years ago, my wife and I took a cross-country road trip. We took 28 days, drove all around the country, and I know she'll be super disappointed in me right now, but I cannot remember if we were actually on Route 66. I feel like I would have taken a picture of it, of, of a yeah. sign, if that were the case, but I don't think we were ever on Route 66. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just... I mean, the reason it got so popular is that because at one point it was just a main way to get from, yeah. I believe it's Chicago to L.A. Yeah, that so. was the big road. Like anytime you're yeah. talking about road trip, this was one of the main roads you, you, you looked at. And, and like you said, it was one of the main ones. So Route 66 became this kind of icon in popular culture uh, in that this is this is the road, right? This is the road life. Also, this is, these are the kinds of attractions you can find all the way going down the road. Um, isn't the Disney cars movie. Doesn't route 66 have something to play in there as well. Yeah. It's a big influence. On That's it what I sure. thought. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm just going to highlight a couple different places along the way. There are so many more than what I'm going to say today. So, and there's actually tons of books about this too, just about haunted, uh, route 66. Uh, just in my, quick little research i was doing i saw at least three or four uh so uh if you're interested in that and just go check those out and find those books uh but i'm going i'm all these stuff i'm <laughs> that i'm uh, referencing today is from carrentals.com this is literally a place where you go to learn about renting your cars <laughs> first I, I gotta i gotta ask i gotta ask <laughs> okay please do were you in the process of renting a car and stumbled no. across this 
Were you no. just it was it one of these nights where you just had a couple of things to drink? You did not want to spend <laughs> money on Amazon that night, so you were like, "You know what? Let me check all these other things." Or did you literally say, "I want to look up some interesting facts on this," and this was one of the sites that came up? The latter, sadly. I wish it was not, <laughs> but that's uh yeah, I was just looking up. I was like, uh I found uh, I went to travel, you know, Travel Channel's main site, and I was looking through there and it had a thing about uh, you know, haunted highways in america and just one of the parts is about route 66 and i was like well i just want i kind of want to focus on route 66 because i know there's a lot of fascinating and strange and odd areas along that road yeah and that's kind of what led me to carrentals.com of all places (laughs) who apparently is our sponsor now since i'm saying it so much carrentals.com whenever you need a car car (laughs) carrentals.com pay me Uh, yeah uh, that'd be $45. $45. I don't I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, the first place we're going is, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, is Quapaw, Oklahoma. Quapaw, Oklahoma. Uh, it's a strange light, Chris. We've talked about this kind of before. There's some areas, there's just a strange light that'll show up. There's one near me at Brown Mountain, uh, and, there, and there's more than one. There's different areas I have that. Apparently another one is in Quapaw, Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. Uh, but apparently, at some point, if you look, you'll see a strange light. It says, wait until after dark and park along Oklahoma East 50 Road. Uh, if you sit in complete silence, maybe you'll get a glimpse of this mysterious orb. Some say uh, that this orb is the ghost of two Native American lovers who are just looking for each other hopelessly. Uh, and then others say it's, a, you know, the, the the boring people say it's just atmospheric gases. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to hear that. That's boring. <laughs> And then even others are like, it's just car headlights. No, Keep your gas to yourself. Yeah. That's what I said. I, I'm not a fan of the car headlight thing. I'm not a fan. Those I'm because, not either. The reason I say that is because I know there are parts of the Brown Mountains uh, where the lights are seen there where there's no. it's impossible for a car to be there. It would literally have yeah. to be a hovering car. And plus, I feel like if it was indeed car lights, I would figure out that it's car lights. Right. Don't you see the kind yeah. of the movement? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the like, movement. Yeah, the uh, two lights kind of stay exact distance from each other and move with each other. And I've heard the I gas thing lights. too, but I, I really have to get in more into the science of it and see how is it that the gas is glowing and not just glowing to emit enough light uh, in in a close vicinity, but we're talking miles away to be viewed by people who can see it from miles away. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the next place we're going is to a hotel. In Flagstaff, Arizona, and of course, along Route 66, there's a lot of hotels. I've been there. I've been to Flagstaff. Oh, you have? Yeah, have I'm, a, I'm, a, a, I'm a huge fan. It's a very nice little town. Um, you know what I like about Flagstaff? They're a dark what? city, a dark town, which means at night uh, there is a limit to the amount of uh, lights that any kind of sign, any business, or even street lights can emit because – the idea is is they don't want light pollution at night. They want to be able to enjoy the natural stars and the sky above them. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Did you stay at the Hotel Monte Vista? I did not. I stayed next door at the Motel 6. It's, oh, well, you should have went to the Haunted Vista because apparently it's haunted. Ooh. Uh, it's one block north of Route 66. And it's a hotel where things apparently go bump in the night, including random knocks at your door and nobody's there, Chris. Okay. 
Is that all? Is that all they say happens there? Is no, there anything no, no, else? There's there's more. There is more. <laughs> uh, what if it was just? I'm that? just saying because like, have you ever stayed at a hotel when you were a kid and like yeah. your parents let you go down to get the ice from the machine? I mean, I know I was a little dick and I went by a hotel door, knocked on it real fast, and ran. Yeah, I'm not saying I've never done that, but I am saying <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, they also would hear a tapping toes of what appeared to be a dancing couple uh, who Ooh. would who would boogie down in the middle of the night, according to this article. Now, I would like and to know what era that couple came from, because I don't know that it's going to bother me if they're ballroom dancing or if they're, you know, doing the jitterbug or if they're break dancers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think if it was break dancers, it'd be more interesting, right? Right. <laughs> doing and then, little, and then little do we have, have the, a ghost uh, on the side holding the giant boom box so the break dancers could, could dance? Oh, oh. Well, I'm going to take that and go up even more. Apparently, there's also a ghost of a bank robber oh. uh, who sits in a rocking chair. And so you can sometimes see this rocking chair rock by itself. And sometimes you hear whispering from behind you, stick him up. <laughs> well, what's, what's going, the name? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What was the name of this hotel? It is the Monte Vista, Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff, Arizona. If anybody's ever stayed there, please comment on our, our Facebook post below. Let us know uh, if you've ever stayed there, if you've ever experienced anything. If you live near there, uh, let, let us know if you've heard about this place. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, let's now go to Baghdad, California. Uh, Apparently, there's not just haunted buildings and events that can't be explained along Route 66, Chris. Uh, but there's plenty of ghost towns along the way. Uh, of course, we all know that during the gold rush, uh, or as one of my old friends would say, gold rush, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, these towns would spring up in, you know, in Arizona or California and all these places. And But once the gold dried up, or what have you, uh, everybody just kind of left the town. And there's ghost towns all across the United yep. States. There's one actually very near me that went away because the mill there caught on fire, oh. and everybody just left. Uh, and it's really creepy now to drive through there. But uh, it's also where they filmed uh, one of the uh, one of the movies for Hunger Games. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, about ten minutes from me. It's very so. Is it when you say so? It's a legit town. You drive through it, and all the buildings are empty. There's houses and buildings, Correct. and just nothing. Yeah, it was once a really bustling mining town, but uh, but once that kind of dried up, and then on top of that, Interstate Forty was uh, was you know came along. Okay, uh, the, everybody just kind of left it. So it's just a just a bunch of buildings there, and they're all empty. No, no, like no homeless people, no derelicts, no people just kind of. You know, I'm sure out. there's some of those. You know, there's got to be some of those, right? Squatters or whatever. That'd call be them. interesting to know what in ghost towns, like how does that work? Since there's no grocery stores, the, no other. You know what I mean? Like, how do you survive? What's the deal there? Yeah, uh, that also makes me. You know, you got all these urban explorers that you see on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think to me, the part that I don't understand. Is they'll they'll find this creepy looking place that looks abandoned. Uh huh. But to me, I'm thinking like you. There's always a chance that there's still somebody in there, like a real live human being, mm-hmm. who's maybe who doesn't want you there, <laughs> right? And they're twice as scary as any ghost would be. <laughs> That's what I would think. Yeah. So I'm not going in there. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Chemo Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
Apparently in 1951, there was a boiler explosion that occurred at the theater and it killed a six-year-old boy. And it's said, though, that since then, that his spirit has continued to haunt the building. Uh, Like, he would do little, like, mischievous things. Like, he would move stuff around. uh, Or he would cause, like, technical problems during live shows. Hmm. You know, stuff like that. Little... Little like things you would think little kids would do. Do do people question what was a little kid doing in a theater when the boiler exploded? I don't know. This do you know what I mean? More information. Because yeah, I, I feel like if the boiler exploded while it was busy, shouldn't there be more than one ghost there? You know, the, more than just the little kid. It almost feels like this was. Uh, he was after hours. He was sneaking in. He was doing a little ex- urban exploring himself, and this thing went off. Yeah, that's a good point. It actually doesn't say on here. Uh, but, yeah, you're probably right. And I wonder, is is he seen wearing white? That's my big question. Ooh. Or is he out of uh, the wardrobe of the past on? Hmm, good questions, good questions. Hmm. Uh, so, also, uh, that's all from that article, but I wanted to bring up one more thing. Uh, the Clown Motel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's between Vegas and Reno. Uh, you gotta see, you gotta see pictures of this place. <laughs> like when you walk in to the uh, to the building where you'd register to get a room and all that stuff, there's just hundreds and thousands of clown figurines. Oh my just, god! Just in that room alone, it's right next to a graveyard. On top of all of this, <laughs> of course. And there's a giant waving clown there, of course, like a you know, like a figure, like not a person, but like a giant figure. Uh, they're all, all along the lobby walls, uh, and then apparently, uh, apparently the the cemetery I was talking about. Sorry, I was reading this article as I was telling you this. <laughs> uh, this article is saying that the cemetery I was talking about uh, has about 300 miners who had passed away a long, uh, you know, long time ago. Oh. So that's how old this is. If you're going to send me a picture of that smiling sock, I'm going to send you a picture of this clown. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I was just thinking, as you said that, I would I would go so far as to say it feels like mines, right? Some of the mines would be, would be the most haunted places in this country. Think about how many times there were those disasters in mines, and so many hundreds of people were killed there, uh, mining in our country. You yeah, f- it happened a lot. You yeah. would feel like like the mines, the land above the something like that. You would see the most activity around a lot of that. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, there's a lot of tragedy that came along with being a miner. It's a very dangerous job. It's like, hey, do sure. we ha- do we have 300 ghosts in this mine, or just one little kid that was hanging around a boiler when it went off? Yes, <laughs> I'm sending you a picture of. Uh, oh God, here we go. Of the clown. All right, I'm going <laughs> to send sending- you a picture, dude. <laughs> It's only fair. I'll take it. That's amazing. Let me take a <laughs> but look. But look how this. creepy this is. I'm not staying at this place just from this picture alone that I just sent you. Uh, oh yeah, like, you're not just, kidding. If yeah, that thing, but just to give, just to explain to the audience what we're looking at here. So I'm seeing. It looks like a, a clown marionette that's kind of yes. hanging in view here. But the cl- it says clown motel, and that's the thing. Even the sign does nothing to to welcome me with warmth or safety or a haven from no. the elements. That that sign itself, it just says Clown Motel. It's got some creepy-looking green and red clown painted on it. That tells me you're going to be murdered in the middle of your sleep. <laughs> yeah, but somebody's going to be laughing at you yeah, the whole time. No, thank you. 
No yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Chris, from from a haunted clown place, let's move on to you. Uh, I wanted to talk about superstitions. So oh, I, love it. I always like superstitions, right? They're not cre- not all of them are creepy, not all of them are doom and gloom. They're, they're fascinating, though. They are fascinating. But the other day, I was just thinking to myself, where do they come from? Like, why do people have? You know what it was? Is um, so are, are you are you one of these people that if you spill any kind of salt, you throw it over your left shoulder? Yeah, I've heard that for sure. Do you ever do it, it yourself? It no, but it, all it does is remind me of that Dumb and Dumber scene. <laughs> 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 or he throws the whole shaker over his shoulder. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm actually one of these people that uh, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, I drop salt. Or if I'm if I'm cooking and, and I'll you know pour a little bit of salt in the palm of my hand and I'll sprinkle what I need. If I have left over, uh, I usually throw it over my left shoulder into the sink or or, or what what have you. Um, yeah. And and in doing it the other night, it just made me think, like, where did that come from? What was the whole point to that, right? So, right, yeah. like you, I went online to see if I could find any information on it. Uh, unlike did you, you check, I did, did not you check stop carrentals.com? at I did not stop at <laughs> carrental.com. That's uh, your mistake. <laughs> though they did have something about, like, superstitions and changing your wheels while driving. Anyway, uh so I, I did actually find the one about spilled salt. Let me ask you if you've heard this, and then uh, and then I want to get into three of the the, the most well known superstitions we have and, and where they came from. Um, so for spilling the salt, when you spill your salt, you're supposed to toss some of it over your left shoulder to avoid bad luck. Right. Um, so spilling salt has been considered unlucky for thousands of years. Apparently, during 3500 BC, ancient Sumerians first took to nullifying bad luck of spilled salt by throwing it over their left shoulder. Uh, this started way back then, the, the 3,500 BC Sumerians. I'm assuming we have something to teach us that, whether it's a, a drawing in a cave of a guy throwing salt over his shoulder or some sort of writing that says that this needs to be done to ward off evil spirits. Um, but this was something that actually spread through Egypt. The Assyrians later on, the Greeks took it over. Apparently, though, this is the superstition itself reflects how much people prized salt. Back then, salt was considered like one of these things that it, it was. It was like it was like um, not showing that you were rich, but to be able to afford salt just specifically for cooking to 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 season your food and, and give your food some taste meant that you were you were a little bit more well off than the guy that's begging for food on the corner. Um, you were of some means, yeah. exactly. Um, it, it, so much so that the, there was a guy, he was a Roman writer. His name was Petronius. Uh, he wrote in, in uh, uh, one of his writings, he wrote that um, a person not being worth their salt was because Roman soldiers who were giving special allowances for salt rations uh, called uh, – it was called salt money. So so the idea is is say you're a Roman soldier. I'm a Roman soldier, right? You and I are working and we're doing our thing. You're working a little harder than me. I'm not working as hard as you. You are worth your salt. The, the, as, as hard as you're working, you get enough uh, salt money in which you get amount of salt, whereas they're looking at me saying, yeah, you're not worth the salt. So that's where that phrase comes from. The idea is is that you know it being such a, an important part of – uh, not only curing and keeping food back in those days when we didn't have refrigeration and freezers, uh, but also the seasoning and tasting uh, aspects of it. It was one of these things that it was considered a big deal. So when you spilled it and wasted it, 
um, you didn't want that to to draw any kind of negativity or bad luck your way. So, and I don't know why. There's nothing what I was reading that said anything about why the left shoulder, but this became a thing. It was about tossing it over your shoulder and drawing the evil and 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 uh, bad luck spirits away from what's going on in front of you. You know what I mean? Putting them behind you. Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so some of the other ones I came across. Uh, bad luck. To open your umbrella indoors. I've heard that one. Why do you think that would be? I don't know. I always thought it's just because uh, people, because, you know, they take, up, they take up a lot of room and they just get in the way. So when I was a kid, I always thought it was because when I opened umbrellas, it was always those wire ones that had like the spokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at yeah. the tip that, that passed basically the, the fabric of the umbrella itself, there were metal tips that hung off the ends. And I always thought to myself, when I heard it was bad luck, uh, my brain always told me, well, duh, you don't want to poke your eye out, right? You don't want to poke someone's eye out yeah. by opening it up sense. indoors. Yeah. Um, so this is the article I'm reading that talked about superstition says this, though some historians tentatively trace this belief back to ancient Egyptian times because there were superstitions that surrounded Pharaoh's sunshades, which were kind of like umbrellas. It was actually quite different from what we're talking about now. A lot of historians will link the fact that we say you shouldn't open an umbrella or unfurl an umbrella inside a, a, a the house or inside a room. It comes from Victorian England. So in uh, in uh, in a book called The Extraordinary Origins of Everything, which was published in 1989, scientist and author Charles Panatti wrote that, quote, in 18th century London, London, when metal-spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become a common rainy day sight, their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them hazards to open indoors. A rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly a room could seriously injure an adult or a child or shatter uh, fragile objects. Even a minor accident could provoke unpleasant words or a minor quarrel with uh, among friends, uh, which back then was even seen as bad luck. So when it, so say back in 18th century you and I uh we're friends, right? And and we're 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 having a good time, we're we're talking, we're we're BSing, but then all of a sudden we come across a specific un, uh a disagreement. The fact that you and I would even have unpleasant words with each other within the house, they would believe that's bringing bad luck on the house. So yeah. the idea of this happening So take it outside. The, yeah, basically, take your umbrella outside is what they're saying. Don't open it, hit somebody, and cause an, a, an argument or pop out a kid's eye because apparently uh, what I always thought was the deal is really why they thought it was bad luck. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, nobody wants to pop out a kid's eye, I would hope. Have you ever seen somebody open an umbrella indoors? Uh, Yeah. And was I your first so. instinct like, what are you doing? You can't do that. I don't remember if I cared, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, for me, I, I do. I have that feeling of like, what are you doing? You can't open an umbrella inside. And it's not like it's a law, right? But isn't it funny how that ingrains in us uh, uh, from such a young age? Yeah, I always had an issue, though, of uh, like when we were when you would get in a car and somebody would have their umbrella still open when they get in the car. <laughs> that's just because it's just taking up too much room and you will get poked. The, I don't think I've ever seen somebody open one in the car. I've seen somebody who like has it open as they're getting in, but they hold it outside of the car still so that you, they're not getting Yeah, that's what a normal what I mean? person does. Yeah, that's a normal person thing. What kind of barbarians way. do you so, surround yourself with? Man, it's North Carolina. I don't know what to tell you. 
<laughs> oh man. So uh, we're gonna move on to another an- another superstition, which is is kind of like the umbrella thing. I know you've heard that it's bad luck to walk under a leaning ladder or an open ladder. Of course. You know why? Why is that? Well, I was asking if you knew why. Oh no! <laughs> no I, thought, I thought you wanted me to go along with this. Uh, so the super- yes and Chris yes and <laughs> the superstition really does originate five thousand years ago, ancient Egypt. So this comes from back in those days, dude. Super super old days, ancient Egypt. Uh, and I hope every history class moving forward, when they start entering the Egyptian phase of their teachings, they call it super old days. Um. 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt, a ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle. And the Egyptians regarded the shape of a triangle as sacred. So to them, triangles represented the trinity of the gods. And if you passed through it, you were desecrating it. Um, anytime they had, like, say they had some sort of triangle designs on, on flooring or something, you were always to walk around it. You were not to walk through it because it's considered desecrating the Trinity of the gods. Uh, the belief ended up, it's uh, made its way through the ages. Centuries later, uh, followers of Jesus Christ used the superstition, interpreting it as the light of Christ's death. Because the ladder rested against the crucifix, there was a ladder that rested against the crucifix, it became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal, and death. So walking under a ladder would cause misfortune to anyone doing it. Uh, Here's a little tidbit that was, it's a cool little, I mean, I don't know if it's cool. It's, It's a fun fact. England in the 1600s, Criminals were forced to walk under ladders on their way to the gallows. Basically, they were forced to go under something that would attach bad luck to them should the should the gallows not work. That's just cruel, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know why I always felt this way, but always like I know the ladder is like an old invention. Yeah, but for whatever reason, every time I see one, I just think that it's like a recent thing. I don't know why. <laughs> and I always heard about the walking under ladders thing, but as a kid, I always yeah. thought it was because it was just a dangerous thing. Like you didn't want yeah. whatever the, they were on the ladder doing. It was usually maybe to hammer something or to paint. So you didn't want any of these items falling on you as you walked under. Also, you didn't want to knock under, knock into it, and and knock these people over. Yeah, and and the Hardy Boys walked under ladders all the time, and they're just fine. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> What kind of message is that passing on to the youth? That's a good question. Do the youth even read Hardy Boys anymore? No. I was talking about the wrestlers. I don't know who you're talking about. You're talking about the books? Oh! (laughs) I was talking about the books, dude. (laughs) Yeah, those Hardy Hardy Boys go under, over, and through ladders all the time. Yeah, Jeff Hardy would always walk under... Under a ladder in a ladder match on purpose. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, all right, my last one here. Do you know why a broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck? No, but I've definitely heard of this one. Like that, every time a mirror would break, uh, somebody would always say that seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Seven, seven years, years buddy. <laughs> is there anything to fix it either? Like, is there anything you can do to get that seven years back, or are you just screwed for the next seven years? Yeah, that's a long time to be screwed over no breaking kidding. a mirror, right? And why yeah. specifically seven? Well, seven's always been like a one of those numbers that's supposed to have a lot of meaning behind it, right? Oh, well, I feel like I'm about to tell you. Uh, <laughs> so, in ancient Greece, so see, a lot of these things actually go to ancient times, which is funny because you know a lot of a lot of these kinds of superstitions, like 
we know originated from ancient times, but we kind of let a lot of these things go. But there's still these ones we hold on to. Like you said, somebody breaks mirror, immediately you hear somebody say, seven years. Uh, so in ancient Greece, it was common for people to consult mirror seers or what did you call them? Oracles, right? Uh, who told fortunes by analyzing reflections. Uh so, as explained in the book Signs, Omens, and Superstitions, which was written in 1918 by Milton Goldsmith, <clears throat> he's a historian, he says, quote, divination was performed by means of water and a looking glass. So, back then, uh, they used to take a mirror and they would dip it in the water. And when somebody was sick or somebody who was coming to look for inform- uh, look to people in, in regards to, you know, their path is their path well what does life look like what these people would do is dip a mirror in the water pull the mirror out and then they would have the sick person or the person asking look into the glass uh if your image appeared distorted that meant you were likely gonna die if it was clear you would live or you would have good fortune so i don't know have you ever seen what a mirror looks like when it's been dipped in water or water's hit it and and the you know the water's just kind of dripping down the mirror yeah i think i have and would you say your vi- your, your image was distorted looking at the water or was it clear distorted so it sounds like everybody back then was going to die right yeah i guess basically the idea behind this though it all depended on the mirrors uh, depended on on the amount of the amount the mirror had been handled. So the grease, the way the surface was, how much the water would stick to it or just fall off easily. Um, but it was just something that stuck around, man. People saw this and thought, you know, the broken image, the image of, of the broken glass where it's not a whole glass, this is causing bad luck. In the first century AD, Romans added a caveat to that superstition. At the time, it was believed, this is during Roman times, it was believed that people's health changed in seven-year cycles. So, Johnny, you could be healthy, and back in the Roman times, they would expect you to be healthy for the next seven years. But after that, you're going to go through seven years of different physical ailments, whether you're getting sick easier, uh, whether you have bronchitis, whether you've got gout, uh, <laughs> Something's going to happen every yeah. seven years. You're going to get better, and then you're going to get, you know, shittier. Uh, so to them, a broken mirror or the distorted image in a mirror meant seven years of ill health, misfortune, uh, rather than outright death. So Romans were like, "Yeah, you're not going to die, but yeah, you're going to have a, a crappy next seven years." Well, that's <laughs> that's horrible. Seven years is a long time. Yeah, it was actually a cool article I found. It was an article that covered nine different uh, superstitions and their origins. And it's funny when you see how many of these are from ancient times. Uh, one of them they cover, like, I knew this. Did you know you know about God bless you when people sneeze? Yeah, isn't it supposed to be like uh, putting your soul back in your body or something like that? Oh, okay, see? So you you know what I learned originally, and then I found out that it, it was actually a, something different. So I when I learned uh, sneezing... I learned it had to do with demons that uh, when you're sneezing, you're opening yourself up to the inhalation of what could be a demon. So people would say bless you immediately so that when you inhaled, you did not breathe in any kind of demonic forces or evil spirits. That makes sense. Um, And whereas yours, and I've heard this one as well, was when you sneezed, you were actually spitting your soul out. So by saying God bless you, it pushed your soul or had your essence pushed back into you. 
Yeah, and I also had heard that uh, every time you sneezed, you basically died because your heart would stop. Mm-hmm. But that's that's then I found out later that wasn't true. Oh, is it? See, I would have gone completely thinking like that till I died because I always thought when yeah. you sneezed, your heart stopped for just a half a second. Yeah, see, I thought that same thing. So I literally would tell people that, trying to impress them with my knowledge. <laughs> and then I found out. Then I found out years later, pretty recently actually, that that's not true. Then you came across a Rhodes Scholar, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah you're an idiot." Then I was just like <laughs> surfing the web, and I was on carrentals.com, and it told me different. That's pretty funny. No, but you are right. Usually when it came to uh, sneezing, a lot of times things were said kind of like, God bless you. It was it was, it was was more of like a blessing type of a deal by different cultures because yeah. they thought they it had to do with evil spirits or your soul. But the reason we actually say God bless you uh, comes from 6th century AD, and it was actually an explicit order of Pope Gregory the Great. During that time, a terrible pestilence was spreading through Italy. Uh, the first symptom was severe chronic sneezing, and this was often quickly followed by death. So Pope Gregory urged the healthy to pray for the sick and ordered that no matter what, if any time somebody sneezed, you had to. This was an order from the Pope, who basically was the word of God on earth. God is telling you that if somebody sneezes, you have to say, God bless you. Because this was going to help them stay healthy and not die. So what happens, Johnny, if you're alone and you sneeze? Oh, good question. The what po- do you do? The Pope says that what you're supposed to do is say a prayer for yourself and declare, God help me. Oh, okay. So I'd like to know how many times... Have you ever sneezed in your own presence with no one around and, and said, God help me? Well, it's going to be a bunch now. <laughs> I, now wonder, I, know that, I wonder I wonder <laughs> if we do that, if we start to really incorporate that into our lives. I mean, I say that just on a daily basis anyway without sneezing. <laughs> so. <laughs> <coughs> so there you go. I was go, there. Sonic trailer and I was like, God help me. Exactly, right. <laughs> Um, you're going to be in the middle of Avengers Endgame, and you're going to be blubbering, saying, God, help me. Uh, That's true. That's true. (laughs) But there you go, dude. Those are some origins of very well-known superstitions that a lot of us have known. Uh, There's all kinds of superstitions. You know, you can't let a black cat cross your path or you have bad luck. Um, I mean, there's a bunch. I can't think of them all. Uh, Oh, have you ever heard of the one about, like, it's it's, it's bad luck to light a, a cigarette, three cigarettes with one lit match, the same lit match? Once you do no. two, you're supposed to put the put the match out before you light the third. <laughs> Never heard that. Really? That comes from the old World War One, and it was that from across the field during battle at night, um, a lit match long enough to light three could give up your, your position to the enemy. So once you lit your match and maybe the guy next to you, you're supposed to put it out. Well, that just makes that's just practical right there. I mean, it makes sense. But <laughs> yeah. I, I've honestly never heard that before. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one yep. of the older ones too. So there you Impressive. go, man. Nice. A little bit of knowledge nice. for these people. They can go on a trip, Route sixty six, find some creepy things, and while they're doing that, yeah. throw salt over the shoulder, avoid walking under ladders, and uh, you know, God help me. And bless everyone who sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Pope yeah. said you had to. Like, it's not even a question. Yeah. You have to do this. Yeah, if the Pope says it, you got to do it. I wonder, did he have sneeze police? Like, did he put that out there? And then, like, 
appoint certain people to kind of go out into the streets and make sure, you know, at least for the first few weeks, people were literally doing it. You know what I mean? Do you, do you think that would be a job the police would covet? <laughs> right? How easy you know, like, could that be? Yeah. I got to write you a ticket today for uh, not saying God bless you. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, this is just judging from every cop show I've ever seen. We're like getting put in a desk job is not a great thing, <laughs> right? So would this be like a, a coveted job? People would want this this job, or would this be like a desk job today? Exactly. The sneeze police. I like I don't the know. T- I like the term though, sneeze police. I like it. I feel yeah. like that's our new band, sneeze police. <laughs> yes. I'm on board. I can't play any instruments, but I will try. And you know how Michael Jackson back in the day used to throw out weird like little things like shamon and stuff like that. Like for yeah. our stuff, we just sneeze. We throw little. I don't think we're allowed to talk about songs. him anymore. We're not. I don't think we are. Oh man, I thought this is history yep. creeps. Isn't he Another considered one of the dust. creeps? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm good, dude. I'm done though. That's my superstitions for the day. On my way out of the Creeper Clubhouse, I'm gonna nail a horseshoe above the door, uh, and I'm done. That's a good idea. I'm glad you're doing that. As you're doing that, I of course will say. God help us. And uh, Creepers, I invite you all to stay odd.